the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. John, the 12th chapter. I'm going to start reading at verse 1. Dear ones, notice, if you will, what the word of the Lord declares to us. It says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him, or with Jesus. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This, he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing has she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. Dear friends, on today I would like for us to return to the topic and to the discussion that we began last Sunday. Um, Last Sunday, we started looking at some of the various uh, events that began to take place that led up to the Lord's crucifixion and ultimately his resurrection from the dead um, as we're approaching Easter. So we started looking at these various things last Sunday, and we started dealing with this text of Scripture here in the book of John. We, we We started somewhere else, but we ended dealing with this. We didn't get very far through it, so I'd like to revisit it and then go forward from that point. Um, The text of scripture that we left off with is found for us here in the book of John, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 8. And the topic that we had begun to deal with um, last Sunday, we gave the title to that topic, dear ones, The Betrayer and the Betrayal. The Betrayer and the Betrayal. 
Now, in our discussion, dear ones, that we had begun last week, we started to take a look at the person of Judas Iscariot. We started to look at the person of Judas Iscariot, uh, who was the one who went on to betray the Lord Jesus Christ and who played a key role in the Lord's arrest, which ultimately resulted in his crucifixion. So we started to look at Judas last Sunday. We started to take a look at Judas and some of the things that began to transpire that led up to Judas playing a key role in the arrest of Jesus and ultimately in the crucifixion of Jesus. And we, where we left off in our examination of Judas is we began to take a look at some of the things that very possibly could have contributed to him making the decision to betray Jesus. We started to take a look at some of the things that very possibly could have been contributing factors, things that contributed in influencing Judas to make that fateful decision to betray the Lord. Now, I want to say again very clearly and right up front, the Bible does not tell us clearly, directly, nor explicitly what was going on in the mind and in the heart of Judas that moved him to make the decision to betray Jesus. The Bible does not say this is what Judas was thinking or this was what was going on in Judas's heart. The Bible does not tell us that. But dear ones, the Bible does give us uh, some very clear things to take note of. So it, it gives us some very clear things that we would do well to take note of that very possibly could have contributed to Judas making the decision to betray the Lord. You don't get to do what Judas did. You don't get to that place of making that kind of decision overnight or by happenstance. It more, more than likely is the buildup of a lot of different things beginning to come to be all beginning to, to, to coalesce together. And that helps a person to make these kinds of faithful decisions. And so, as I said, we left off looking at John, the 12th chapter. And dear ones, as we begin to look at John, the 12th chapter, um, as we began to look at those verses, we the first thing that we started to take note of concerning what ha may have contributed to Judas making the decision to betray Jesus. The first thing that we began to take note of was it had to do with unresolved offenses, unresolved offenses conflicts and offenses that happen among people that go on unaddressed they go on unresolved and they go on undealt with and so the first thing that we began to take note of that very possibly could have contributed to judas making the decision to betray jesus was an unresolved offense that took place between jesus and judas and dear ones, as we read the verses of Scripture that we have here in John, the 12th chapter, we see a variety of things taking place. We see Mary, the sister of Lazarus, anointing Jesus with some very costly ointment um, as he sat, as Jesus sat at the table at a feast. Now, this feast very possibly was a celebration dinner that they were having and they were celebrating the raising of Lazarus from the dead that Jesus had just performed in John the 11th chapter. And so Jesus has just raised Lazarus from the dead in John 11. And now in John 12, they're celebrating that with a feast, with a, a dinner, a celebration dinner. Because the scripture says Lazarus was at the table with Jesus as a, as a kind of a co-guest of honor and Martha was serving. 
And so very possibly this is a celebratory time where they're having this dinner and Mary comes in with some very costly ointment and begins to anoint Jesus with that ointment. We then see the we sit, we then see Judas beginning to criticize Mary for what she has just done for the Lord. The Bible goes on to say that Judas began to criticize Mary. He began to say that that was a waste and that money, that ointment could have been sold and that money used and been given to the poor to help the poor. And so Judas becomes critical of Mary and what she is doing. But then we see the Lord Jesus coming to the defense of Mary. And defending Mary and in the process of defending Mary, reprimanding Judas for criticizing Mary and what she's doing. Jesus goes on to say, let her alone. In other words, leave her alone. Stop it. Leave her alone. What she's doing is honoring me and preparing my body for the burial. And dear ones, I would like to submit to all of you that it was in response to the reprimand that Judas received from Jesus that Judas became offended at the Lord. And it is because of it that it, it, it was because of this offense that took place that Judas experienced that the next thing you see the scriptures telling us Judas does is he goes to the Jewish officials to make to make this arrangement to betray Jesus. Because as you look at both Matthew's account of this and Mark's account of it, after Jesus reprimands Judas, the next thing that happens is the scripture says, Judas goes to the chief priest and says, I'll betray him. How much will you give me? I'll turn him over. How much will you give me for it? And so it is these unresolved offenses that we can have with others, dear ones, that we first want to address. That, that, that very possibly factored in and was a contributing component to Judas making the decision to betray Jesus. Amen. Dear ones, unresolved offenses that we have with other people can begin to impact us in the same way that they began to impact Judas in the sense that they can cause a person to begin to see and view another person in a completely different way. Unresolved offenses that you have with somebody can cause you to begin to see that person and view that person in a completely different way. I was at work this morning. I got off late. I was late getting home. I was late getting, getting to church. I was late, just late. I was just late today. It was just a late day. But I was late because, one, we had a fire that we had to, we had to take care of and had to get all of our equipment cleaned up and straightened out. But the other reason why I was late there once is because I was talking with an individual who's going through a very difficult time right now. Um, this person had, has been married for at least over a decade, at least over a decade. I'm just conservative, at least over a decade. Um, this person is going through a difficult time in their marriage. They have gone from being two people that were extremely in love, two people that had a family together, two people that were raising a family together, to being two people that are at each other's throats. Two people that are at each other's throat right now. And you wonder, how in the world did you go from that to that? How did you get there? And as you start talking with this individual, dear ones, you begin to realize it was because of unresolved offenses. Unresolved offenses. Things that didn't get taken care of. Things that were never addressed. That laid the foundation. And that 
ultimately resulted in two people going from being individuals who were deeply in love to being two people that almost can't say the name of the other person without getting angry. Y'all are like, how could, that, that never happened to me. Don't, don't, no, 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 don't say that. Don't say, don't form your lips to say that. Don't, don't do that. Don't set yourself up for failure. Don't set yourself up for testing. Don't set yourself up for the enemy to come and say, really, you, really, you think that? Or, and really, don't set yourself up for the Lord to come and discipline you and awaken you and quicken you to the reality that what happened to Judas could happen to any one of us too. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on the station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. Unresolved Offenses it can cause you to begin to view and see a person in a completely different way. They can cause you to have a change in your heart and in your mind towards that individual. Yeah. There is a change that takes place. They are no longer the person that you believe them to be. They're no longer the person that you saw them as. They are now viewed by you as somebody who possibly you don't even recognize anymore. Lord have mercy. Unresolved offenses can cause a person to begin to notice and take note of other things that you do not like about that person. It, 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 all of a sudden, you start noticing other things. You don't like the way that they talk. You don't like the way that they walk. You don't like the way that they act. You don't like the way that they breathe. Lord have mercy. How you breathe gets on my nerves. Hold your breath. I'll feel better about you. But when you start breathing, I just get upset again. And unresolved offenses, dear ones, can cause you to begin to see that other person in a completely different light. And that light usually is a negative one. You usually see that person in a negative light. And we talked about it last week, dear ones, the antidote to these unresolved offenses. The antidote, the cure, the remedy that the Word of God gives to us on how we are to address those unresolved offenses that we have with other people is given to us in the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. So real quickly, let's look at it one more time. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses 31 and 32. The Word of God gives to us the answer, the remedy for how we are to deal with those unresolved offenses. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, starting at verse 31, the Bible declares to us, let all bitterness and wrath 
and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another, tender hearted. Here we go. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Here, dear ones, now when the scripture says, when Paul says that we, that we are to forgive one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us, what Paul is helping us to realize is that because Jesus is on the right hand of the Father in heaven right now and actively interceding on our behalf, asking God the Father to be patient with us, to forgive us of our sins, to give us another chance, to help us one more time. Because Jesus is actively interceding on our behalf, asking God the Father to forgive us in the same way that God is forgiving giving us because Jesus is asking him to God is saying to us I want you to forgive others because I'm asking you to in the same way that Jesus is mentioning your name in my ear and saying father forgive them I'm asking you I'm mentioning that other person's name in your ear and I'm asking you to forgive them that's why, that's why, see now I'm, I'm, we're, we're beginning to understand some things because that's why every now and then you'll be down in prayer and that person's name will come to mind. The Lord will bring that person's name to your mind. He just speak the name, Susie, Bill, John, Sally. Lord, I, did, I, I, I was having a good day. Why are you bringing that person up? Because I'm asking you to forgive them in the same way I'm forgiving you because Jesus is mentioning your name. Jesus is, Jesus is mentioning Michael, Marla, Sean, Latanya. He's mentioning your name in my ear, saying, forgive them, Father. Forgive them one more time. In the same way I hear your name, I need you to hear that other person's name. In the same way you're being interceded for, I'm interceding for them. In the same way Jesus is asking me to forgive, the, forgive you, he's talking to me, asking me to forgive you. I'm mentioning their name and asking you to forgive them. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. And so, dear ones, we, that, that's the antidote, that's the remedy. But, but let's look back at John. Let's, let's look back at John because we want to move forward from this point and begin to look at the other two issues that I believe contributed to the betrayal of Jesus that Judas undertook. Back in John, the 12th chapter, dear ones, notice what it says in verse 4. It says, Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Now, here we see John giving us some insight into why Judas objected so strongly and so, so profusely to what it was that Mary had done. John goes on to tell us because Judas, he was a thief and that he, he was taking money out of the bag and using it for his own personal, personal uh, uh, expenditures, if you will. Judas was taking money out of the bag that was for all of the disciples, Jesus and the disciples. Judas was the treasurer, but Judas had some sticky fingers. 
and Judas would find time and opportunity to put his hand in the bag to use some of that money that they had for all 12 of them for his own personal adventures and personal expenditures. In other words, dear ones, they break it down for everybody. Judas was an embezzler. Judas was an embezzler. He was embezzling money from the Lord Jesus. And so there was, we want to see Judas because he, he, Judas is an embezzler. He's taking money. And so his objection to what Mary was doing was not because he was frustrated over them missing out on a great opportunity for them to be able to do some dynamic outreach ministry to the poor. Judas was not upset because they were missing out on some golden opportunity to reach to the poor, to give to the poor, to be a blessing to those that were, that were without and, and, and were in desperate need. That was not Ju- the primary reason for Judas's objection. Judas's primary reason for objecting to what Mary was doing was because he saw a golden opportunity for him to be able to embezzle more money passing him by. Judas saw a golden opportunity. Man, that money could have been put in the bag. And man, if that money was in the bag, whoo, Lord have mercy. I could have done something with that. I could have got me a new robe. I could have got, I could have got me two new robes. I could have got me two new robes and some new sandals. Lord have mercy. The Stacey Adams sandals, you know, the kind with the dazzles on the side. I could have got me them, Lord. Oh, ooh. why, why was this money, this ointment, why didn't, was it sold and the money put in the bag? I, we got a problem here. Judas's issue with what Mary did was not because he was concerned with the poor. Even though that he said that that's what it was. That's not what it was. He knew if that money was in the bag, that's more money I can use. I can embezzle more. And so it is in this that I would like to submit to all of you the second thing that I believe contributed to the betrayal of Jesus that Judas committed. And dear ones, it had to do with unaddressed issues of sin and selfishness that come into conflict with the plans and the purposes of God. Unaddressed issues of sin and of selfishness that come into conflict with the plans and the purposes of God. Even though the Lord identifies what Mary does here, he identifies it as Mary doing something that is a type of preparation that he is now receiving from Mary before he goes to Calvary to pay the price for the sins of the world. Jesus identifies what Mary is doing as something that is honoring to him, that is honoring for him, and is preparatory for what he is about to undertake for all of humanity. That's what Jesus calls it. What Judas calls it is a wasted opportunity to do something. It's a, waste of, it's a waste of resource. It's a waste of opportunity that we could use to do something else. And so you see a clear and undeniable contrast and difference in how the Lord is seeing something versus how Judas is seeing it. Jesus sees it as a blessing. Judas sees it as a waste. Jesus sees it as something that is honoring. Judas sees it as something that is a waste of time and resources. Dear ones, let me ask all of you a question. 
When it comes to the plans and the purposes that the Lord has for our lives, when those things come into conflict with the issues of sin and selfishness that we all have in our lives, dear ones, the question is this, who wins that debate? Who wins the debate? When the plans and the purposes of God that he has for your life, for my life, for all of our lives, when they come into conflict with the issues of unaddressed sin and selfishness that we all have in our lives. Dear ones, when those two things come into conflict, the question for all of us is this. Who wins the debate? Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.